1: Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show.
2: And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand, on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside in improving. Todd Erzin. you're definitely better than you were yesterday. You look and sound better, for sure. Yeah. You do, for sure. Okay,
3: I'll take your word for
2: it. Deteriorating Aaron McIntyre, who... Looks and sounds worse than he did yesterday. Yes, so. But we're all gamers, man. We are. Yeah. We, I, we, nevertheless, we persisted. I mean, questionable means we're playing. So here we are. You know, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm I'm completely over the sinus infection and everything that I had going on. So I'm I'm doing well. I got over that. You know, uh, very anxious um, as we get down to the last. What is it? Thirty uh, six days? Thirty seven days? Until release of Nefarious, you don't have like a Christmas calendar like thing where you're like counting down the days, I, uh, brother. It has been it's Iowa Caucus Day every day right now. Okay, I mean it's just <laughs> this has this is an absolute mad scramble. When this is over, I am just going to be like, what do I do with all my time? You know, because it's not like I didn't work long days before this. But I, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying every minute of it. I mean, this is this is. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. In fact, um, um, I'm going to share something with you guys, uh, at the bottom of this hour from a, uh, a pastor, uh, who has, uh, who oversees a, a national network of ministers who watched the movie last night. And I think you guys are going to want to hear his review for sure. So, uh, we'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour, but, um, it's just, this is a lot of excitement right now. And, um, in a way, I'm almost doing the show to get back into normalcy, back into my normal pattern. You know, it's 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 good to come in and do the show. Otherwise, I would just get consumed by this constantly. And so, you know, um, this has been the the thing that uh, in the past has I've had to I've had to negotiate with family and everything else to make sure it didn't consume me. Now that the kids are older and growing up and moving out and all that kind of stuff, I've got more time. Uh, so it was, you know, the seven year wait for the movie to get to the point of getting released was again, the Lord knows best. It was wise. You know, I I have an opening now that my kids are older and they have boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands. You know, they don't want to spend as much time with the old man as they wanted to five, six, seven years ago. You know, trying to incorporate this five, six, seven years ago into all of that. I don't know how that would have been possible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, But now I have some of that time. But then the good thing is to remind me, hey, you know stay on mission, come in, do the show. So now the show is actually what anchors me to make sure I don't get overwhelmed in my schedule when before, you know, in the other previous iteration of my life, I wanted to make sure the show didn't consume the other parts of my life. But, uh, I mean, no, this, is, this has been a ton of fun. I, I cannot wait until Saturday. I mean, I'm, I'm, jump, I'm, I'm out, of my, out of my skis here because it's the first time that we are going to show this movie to the general public. And I I just, I can't wait to get that reaction on Saturday. How was this
3: 200 or so? I think you said something. Yep. How was it? called i mean you're putting it out to certain audiences i mean is it church audiences is, it, is it, it's i mean it's not like spammed over a random radio station somewhere no. how
2: did you pick it no those we will be doing those by the way i'll, and I'll give you details on those later this month we we are going to do i think i heard yesterday we might do 15 of these right around the country uh, in early april leading up to release and we'll partner it looks like um uh with a couple of different media outlets to promote those maybe even one of them will be the blaze uh, around the country um this one, this very first one, I have to be careful how I answer. Um, it, it was put together very strategically. And then we have some seats left over is maybe the best way I would put it. OK, so so much of the audience are going to be ministry leaders, activists. OK, yeah, that'll be sense. much of the audience. Um, and then um, we had some seats left over. And so that's why yesterday was the day that uh, I mentioned. And I think we still I mean, we're going to be well over 200 for this screening. We still have some uh, some available seats. I'm told there's still a few if you want to come uh, to suburban Detroit, Troy, Michigan. Very nice theater that we're going to be holding this screening on Saturday afternoon. I will be doing a Q&A. We're going to be recording it. All right. So we're going to do a recorded Q&A after the film. So I'm going to I'm going to be there myself, you know, so um, we'll have a recorded Q&A afterwards. We even sent some books up there. We're going to do a book signing for so Rise, of the Firth, Rise of the Fourth thing. Reich. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're getting into heady times with spoiler warnings here.
2: And we are we are going to do the 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 red carpet premiere for Nefarious will be on April the 4th in Dallas or the DFW. Uh, April the 4th in the DFW. It's going to be at the Plano West Cinemark. Which is also where the red carpet event for The Passion was nearly 20 years ago. Hmm. Um, and for similar reasons, and I'll just, some of the same people that made that movie happen made this one happen. So that, that's not by accident, okay, that that's where the red carpet premiere is going to be, uh, and uh, April 4th, so I booked our airline okay. tickets for that last night. Just perfect symmetry. I mean, that's the day before the, our wedding anniversary, by the way. So that's oh, cool. that's interesting. Yeah.
3: Well, the the devil has always been uh, jealous of the Lord and seeking to take what's his. So the, the passion goes first. Here comes Nefarious, and he wants a piece of the same place. It's just.
2: It's marching along all according to plan. Indeed, indeed. We'll talk more about that here in a few minutes, though, because we, we, we've we still got a collapsing civilization to cover here for the oh. next couple of hours, so we'll be all over that. There's that. <laughs> all right. So we will play Buy, Sell, or Hold next hour. Speaking of that woe and lamentation I just reminded us of, the prophet of such will be joining us uh, at, the, at the final uh, furlong of the program, our colleague and good friend Daniel Horowitz. But before we get begin... With those very things, let us begin with the thing we always begin with, Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
1: What happened while we were away brought to you by Panic. The entire system yesterday went into damage control mode after Fox News' Tucker Carlson released that previously unseen surveillance footage from the Capitol from January 6th, 2021, and subsequently blew up several official narratives about that day. Here's a brief montage of how the mainstream media responded. Ah! In the Senate, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer took to the Senate floor to bash Carlson before later calling on Fox News to censor him. Rupert Murdoch, who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it, has a special obligation to stop Tucker Carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he is perverted. And slimed the truth. But nowhere was the panic of the system felt more tangibly than the reaction from several Republicans. Welcome once more to the Uniparty. We'll start with Tom Tillis of North Carolina. I think it's bull****. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah called what Carlson did, quote, dangerous. And here's the crusty old turtle, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is apparently at the point in his career where he just enjoys dropping trow and whizzing on his base's face.
2: My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. Um,
0: It was a mistake in my view for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol
2: thinks.
1: Moving on, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was back in his home state to give his state of the state address.
2: Florida is the fastest growing state in the nation. We rank number one for net in-migration. We rank number one in the nation for new business formations. We are number one in economic growth amongst large states. Florida has more people employed today than before the pandemic. Our unemployment rate is one of the lowest on record, and it is significantly lower than the national average. And, of course, as many of you know in this room, the last two years, We've seen the largest budget surpluses in the history of the state of Florida.
1: The intel community now believes pro-Ukrainian groups are responsible for the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines last year. That's according to the New York Times. The intel community doesn't actually define what pro-Ukrainian group means. So it's just, man, man, I just, pro-Ukrainian group, I just can't put my finger on it. You may remember U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and how he's a bona fide transphobe after telling Piers Morgan the definition of a woman is an adult human female. Well, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. He's now a xenophobe, too. We will detain those who come here illegally and then remove them in weeks, either to their own country, if it is safe to do so, or to a safe third country like Rwanda. And once you are removed, you will be banned as you are in America and Australia, from ever re-entering our country. Checking in on Joe Biden. And I had uh, these
0: terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a, uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, (laughs) see if I had a
1: brain. Jill Biden, your thoughts?
0: Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think
1: about that? Ridiculous.
0: Would your husband ever take one of those? (laughs) I mean, we haven't even discussed, we would never even discuss
1: something like that. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, Joe Biden does like to discuss chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry pudding. Millstone update this recently aired on PBS. Basically, at about 24 months here, here's where she started grabbing the, um, the tutus and the dresses. By three and a half, Kieran had transitioned to a girl. Today, she's nine years old, a third grader and an athlete. That's why the Clausens are celebrating Governor Holcomb's decision to veto a bill that would have banned Kieran and other transgender girls from playing on girls' sports teams at school. And finally this from the Babylon Bee, everything is bad and the world is ending and you shouldn't have kids, says Party of Progress. And that's what happened while we were away.
2: Aaron's Montage, brought to you by our friends at Bonner Private Wines. You've been listening to me for years now talk about these amazing extreme altitude red wines, families that are on their second century of running vineyards, the old-fashioned, not the new factory way. Some of the best-tasting Malbec grapes, 9,000 feet of altitude deep in the Andes Mountains. And today, we're going to expand the offer Yes, you'll still get half off the wine and half off the shipping, which is a key when we're talking about imported wines to get that discount. But now they will also add uh, an exclusive bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So this deal now applies to four bottles instead of three. When you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. B-O-N-N-E-R for BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Once again, Bonner Private Wines. Dot com slash Steve. All right, let's um let's get to the montage very quickly. I labeled Rishi Sunak Adam Kinziger, that the UK had gone from Mitt Romney with Boris Johnson to Lisa Murkowski with that chick whose name I can't pronounce I can't remember who was who was she prime minister for literally twenty minutes. Yes. Okay. To Rishi Sunak, who even has like Adam Kinziger's build and hair. Okay. I think I have to say that while I, I don't believe he's the second coming of Milton Friedman, he certainly is not Adam Kinzinger. Is that fair? Because Adam Kinzinger is not going to get what's a citizen and what's a woman right. He just he's went, not even going to get those right. Just, Was
3: I unfair to him? Well, He just went full Donald Trump right out of the gate. This is like, remember, Donald Trump's president, what's the first thing he does? And instantly they started calling him, a, you're a Muslim hater. Right, right. This is, I mean, you, there's no daylight between what he's doing here and what Donald Trump did. And and this speaks to like, are you ever more happy as people who don't like to be wrong for right. various reasons? Are you ever more happy to be wrong these days? Because we're, we're always right about the worst things ever. It's nice when a dude steps up and said, yeah, we've got a culture and we're not going to let you burn it down.
2: After you left yesterday, um, Kim Reynolds, our governor's chief of staff, was here. Hmm. for a meeting and came in to meet me. And, uh, uh our, our, our good friend, Bob Vanderplott said, now I, I saw Steve do something with Kim Reynolds. I have never seen before change his mind about a politician for the good. I've Steve and I've been friends for many years. I've never seen that. And I said, well, in my defense, if I just assume I'm going to be constantly disappointed, my record on that has actually turned out to be pretty good. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. But I I mentioned to her just what you said. I have never been more happy to be wrong about something in my entire life. And this and I'm I'm more wrong about her than any politician I've ever encountered. Now, he's got a ways to go to get where she's at here. Okay. But at the very least, I think we have to say just on these two things alone. This is an upgrade over what they Mm -hmm. had when it when it seemed as if they were just you know, cascading at this it's point. It's the
3: same reason we tip our brand, uh, our hat to Russell Brand or
2: to Bill Maher. It's like, uh, truth, right. wherever it leads, right. let's go. I mean, I know, I know I know some of you in my inbox, these are the basic questions. I know they're the, we know, <laughs> we know this. Say, you, you've got too much time, you've got too many other things to do today than to write us that email. Save it for something better, okay? A better use of your time. We understand the expectations here are sub-friggin' Terranian. We understand this. (laughs) We don't know what a woman is these days, folks. But we also have to acknowledge that that's the reality in which we live at the exact same time. Like, I didn't think he was going to get these questions right. I didn't. So, just, all right. Like to keep ourselves in check. As we hold everybody else in check, so I, I and and we don't want to do you know what the the corporate media does. Here's the corrections on page thirty-seven D in Agate at the bottom of the fold, right? Okay, if we're if we think maybe we got something wrong, let's just address it here from the outset and and keep it real, fair. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the rest of the, um. Let's move on to the rest of the montage. I don't know what would be more hilarious if if Biden blew up a pipeline. That our European allies really were relying upon, or if Zelensky sabotaged a pipeline, that Zelensky sabotaged a pipeline that his pimps heavily relied upon. I'm not so. I don't know what which of those outcomes would be more hilarious. I just know that they both would be hilarious. Do you have a vote on that? I am. <sighs> what? I, I I busted out Reichstag. Reichstag yesterday. Is it, everything is a false flag? Yeah, that I, everything's a false flag almost I, now. Okay, everything's a false flag. We we literally destroyed our allies. If, 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 if this report is true, and the hour here is Ukraine, is the antecedent, okay? I've come to the conclusion I'm not an American. I, I, I'm i from a country called America. U.S. interests are not necessarily my interest. Sometimes they are. A lot of times they're not. You see what, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like So... But we're all you know, we're, we're in the era of pronouns. Let me make sure I am defining for you here who the hour is. I'm speaking as if Ukraine is the antecedent here. Not me, because uh, it's very I just live here now. I just live here, all right? And I live here because it's it's better, it's still better to live here than anywhere else, but most of the agenda of whatever this thing called the United States, it pursues, frankly, going back to the last year of the Trump administration with COVID and then the whole three years that this is going on year three of this now, just, I have nothing in common with it, like nothing. So, I mean, this is like a, I live in a, I just live here and I'm a citizen of a country called America, Okay. You know, and sometimes this place called America um, aligns with America. Most of the time, it does not. All right. So, but in this case, the hour is Ukraine. The idea of destroying the ability of your allies to heat, on top of the inflation and all because of all the money they printed and everything else, the the constituents of your allies to affordably heat their homes here this entire last winter. I mean, it would just be. If, it, if, it, it would be it would be on brand for this entire era in which I, we live. That's what right I was now. searching for. If
3: Ukraine is what we think it is, this is just the gr- obvious. Just to stand basically. This is the obvious thing that they would do like what your, your thing about the news w- w- coming in the hardest thing to know is what's even real to comment right, about. Right. this is the this whole thing in Ukraine there was just something online a couple days ago and it was from a website I didn't recognize so I don't really know what to say about it at all but it was about pictures that you Ukraine is using to say uh, uh to demonstrate the damage uh that's being done but then this this website Showed pictures of undamaged buildings, and that these, this is, it's all deep fakes. I,
2: so I, I'm just, I don't, I don't know what's true. I, here's what I, I know, here's I what know I know is true. The lie Vladimir is the Putin point. is a bad person, yes. uh, and Vladimir is a crook. I know those two things are true, man. That's all I know. And so I'm not interested in my kids dying in a war between a thug and a, a dictator. You? That's all we know. Then that's all we know. That's that is all we know. Okay. I mean, two weeks ago, we watched a feeble, dementia rattled president walk down the streets of Kiev in daylight with bomb sirens going off. And the Secret Service didn't scramble one iota in response to this. Okay. I mean, I I just I I don't have a clue what the hell is true. I don't know. I just know. I just know Vladimir Putin is a fiend. And Vladimir Zelensky is a corruptocrat. That's all I know. Well, I that's know. good, and that's good enough for me to know. Not my problem. I, I know, know that. that his past before
3: being president, the videos were shown of him. He's basically belongs on libs of TikTok, and now, like with the the freaks on libs of TikTok, puts on a green shirt something. and suddenly he's. A, he's now there yeah, Rosa Patton. Parks and he's, Patton. Patton. he's, a, he's a Cyrillic patent So, yes.
2: um, I we're being we're being groomed. The whole everything is a groom, everything is a false flag, everything is a wag the dog at this point. Just start with that assumption. We're living in a demonic era. That's why when, it, when we have an opportunity to assert clear truth and it gets confirmed in broad daylight, we need to hold on to that, grasp it, highlight it all the more. The last 24 hours... The last 24 hours have demonstrated three reoccurring themes that are fundamental to this show that I have tried to communicate on a reoccurring basis from the moment this show began as a gleam in News Radio 1040 WHO's eye in the summer of 2006. And I have taken these, there's others, but these three principles with me everywhere, to Salem, to CRTV, now to The Blaze, everywhere I've gone. And they run counter to what you've heard in a lot of other places from a lot of the other shows you've listened to. But they have never been proven more correct than over the course of the last 24 hours. Both in... The unveiling of more real truth of what happened on January 6th and then the reaction to that unveiling. Number one, we are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will and we always will be. We are here, as we pointed out yesterday, whether it's Darren Beatty at Revolver or our good friend Julie Kelly at American Greatness. You know, there was a small group of us that pushed back on the COVID narrative from day one. This was an even smaller group of them who did this on this story. Like, two, maybe three. Without them having the will to push back on this narrative, we are not here. Without Tucker Carlson saying, I have the number one rated show on cable television. So what? Let's roll. Let's do this. We're not here. We're not here. Without acting on will It's a contest of will And you will always have The tyranny, the censorship, the oppression That you will comply with Period That's why you were given a second amendment right after the first Because the implication is We won't comply right away We're armed, we're not going to comply Just so you know, if you try to violate Before we even get to the rest of these Bill of Rights You try to violate the very first one Some very fundamental creeds of Americanism We're armed, just so you know that We'll shoot, that's the point of it We have the will and the means and the way. That's number one. Number two, the only party that hates you more than the Democrats are the Republicans. What Aaron said in that montage there, that's the same Mitch McConnell that Matt Matt Bevin challenged in a Senate primary a decade ago. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. Not with him, except one thing. He doesn't have to lie to you anymore. Him and Elaine have made all their money. They'll walk away a lot wealthier than they came into this with. How many, how many buildings in Kentucky have his name on it? And now he is absolutely getting sadistic pleasure. Stomping on you in public. Not to mention the intellectual dishonesty of saying, "Well, this goes against our statement of the chief of the Capitol Hill Police." Well, I would think, by the way, if you've got video, if you've got video evidence that violates someone's sworn testimony, what does that say about the sworn testimony? It's perjurous. That's what it says. From personal
3: experience, Steve, I know police never lie. They just never
2: do that. If you've got sworn testimony that goes against what is is surveilled on video, that's called perjury. We don't go with someone's sworn testimony over the objective evidence. We don't do that. Or do we? But we do. (laughs) If it's called Pfizer, we do. If it's called Moderna, we do. If it's called the Board of Elections, we do. These people hate you. You'd have been better off letting Democrats win a lot more elections the last 30 years and gotten rid of these people, gotten them out of power and started over more people would have been in pain from what the Democrats wanted to do, that it would have turned more people against them. Instead, year after year after year, cycle after cycle after cycle, we cast pearls on the swine and we voted for these pigs who hate us. Hail Hydra. To save America. And now, when America actually needs to be saved, it didn't need to be saved from Bill Clinton. Just another dope fiend that likes to get laid. Pale as old as time, Foxtrot. No. We used that damn talking point for 30 years. And now it didn't, and it wasn't true. It just raised money. But now that it is true, now that it's true, the country needs to be saved. There's your general. Rommel, not Patton, wearing the iron cross of the other team. Good luck with that.
3: It's comforting to see Joni Ernst stand behind him.
2: Though. She's just dreadful on everything. Goodness gracious, she's awful. She's absolutely awful. Here's the here's the here's the third thing. The truth. The truth is its own reward. The truth is its own reward. We don't have to be afraid of the truth. Doesn't mean it will always be comforting. Doesn't mean it will always be comfortable. Doesn't mean it will always be comforting. Doesn't mean it will always be comfortable. You see what I'm doing here? I okay. do. Yeah. But it will be Fulfilling. The truth is our friend. And the truth is, for a generation, we played the Republicans for access based politics. The left played the Democrats for outcome or influence based politics. In exchange, Democrats got a movement. They don't sweat who wins Democrat primaries. They're going to get what they want no matter who does. We got an industry. So we got grifters. Because that's what we asked for. We asked for industry. We didn't ask for a movement. So that's why we have grifters. Every iteration will have grifters. Tea party got grifters, Christian conservatives got grifters, MAGA's got grifters. If DeSantis becomes the champion of the Republican Party, there'll be DeSantis grifters. We this is this is this is we do this over and over again. Because we didn't we, the, the fact you got Kevin that you got Kevin McCarthy to release this footage never happens without threatening him ever becoming Speaker in the first place. Chip yeah. and Mar, and Mar, and all those people, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates—they right. threatened him with leverage. Politics is not a game of access. It is if you are trying to line your pockets. It is, it it is if you are not Alexander Hamilton, but the guy who shot him. Politics exists to line my pockets. But if you, have, if you want outcomes, you want a movement, it's about leverage. Never forget that. Leverage, not access.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it
2: You know, when you are running a business, particularly a small businessman, human resource issues can be a killer because you're kind of in a no man's land. Uh, you don't necessarily have the money uh, yet. You're growing that business. The average human resource director salary can be upwards of 70, 80 grand a year plus pennies. So yeah, you may not necessarily have uh, the, the wherewithal right now to afford such a person and yet. A lot of things to manage when it comes to the people that you are employing. That's why you want to go to our people at Bambi. They can bridge that gap for you. Uh, With Bambi, you'll get your own access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. That's it. $99 per month to get you started. And it's month to month as well. So they're not going to lock you into a long-term contract. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I've got uh, a new deal, a new contract, Uh, hitting in about six months and I'm going to be able to do this in-house. So I just need this for right now. They've got you. Okay. Maybe you're a seasonal business. Some of the season, some of the year, you just have you and family members. You're not worried. But uh, there are peak seasons where you hire outside of your own personal nexus and you need help. They're there for you too. They make it as convenient as absolutely possible. All right. So go to Bambi.com, B A M B E E, just BAM and B. BAM and B. That's it. Bambi.com right now. Type in Steve Dace under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show and help you too. Bambi. B-A-M-B-E-E. Bambi.com. Type in Steve Dace under podcast. It'll help both the show and you. Bambi.com. Type in Steve Dace under podcast. In lieu
3: of that, Steve, how do you handle your annoying employees? Are
2: we sure we want to have that conversation <laughs> on the air? There's a
1: dumpster out there. <laughs> yes.
2: Rectum barely knew him, folks. Who wants to sit in this spot next week? We yes. have a noose on our desk. Yes, indeed. And by the way, I can't remember the name of the gentleman. You gotta love the listeners of this show. A guy emailed us. Man, I've got to, I wish I could remember his name. I'm sorry. You know what? Let me let me search my email right now for Halter and see if it comes up. Okay.
1: It oh, not. is this the noose guy? Yeah,
2: the noose guy. All right. Yeah,
1: he made a much better noose than I did. Yes. I didn't have enough rope, so I had to fake <laughs> <God>. it. <laughs>
2: you know what's the funny is I've, I've gotten so many. I, ser- I, I searched Halter, I got nothing. I searched noose in my inbox. We've gotten so many emails about nooses that I can't narrow it down to him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, too. I can't even narrow down who sent this to us because so many people have sent us emails about nooses. We need Bambi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. There was a gentleman, you gotta love this audience though. Gentleman's like, I don't know, man. I think that's not necessarily a technically sound news she I'll have there and I've got an authentic one we could really hang people from. Can I send it to you? And I said, By all means. Yeah. <laughs> then I wasn't sure how Aaron was gonna take it when I brought it in yesterday. No, You're like one, you grabbed it that. right away and said, We that's, need to put that thing on the that's desk. That's
1: a nice news. That's a nice
2: news she got there. <laughs> What did you call Aaron? A noose what? What did you call him yesterday? Uh, like a, something about a noose. It, it was a term a, you had for a noose expert or aficionado. A, a noose aficionado, noose quality control. I've been in a haze for like yes. 72 hours. I can't remember what this, I said. This is a very unique program and a very unique audience. Anyway, um, speaking of audience. Uh, A gentleman we've had on the show before uh, is Pastor Paul Blair, former NFL football player turned pastor, has a a network of pastors across the country uh, that he calls the Black-Robed Regiment. Uh, He's based in Edmond, Oklahoma, not far from where we filmed Nefarious, in fact. And he got a chance. I got a note from him this morning. He says, wow, what a day. Today I turned 60. Uh, Last night, um, my wife of 33 years and I, we celebrated. Uh, We went out to see Jesus Revolution at the theaters, and then we came home and watched Nefarious. That's a twin bill, right there. Yeah. What a great night! And I've attached my review for your amazing movie. And I want to I want to share some of this with you because tomorrow we are going to full bore launch. Now, we're 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 emptying the tank of our marketing budget beginning tomorrow on Nefarious leading up to the April 14th release. And you are going to see the second trailer for Nefarious. And while it will hint more at the worldview, it again will make it very obvious to the audience that you are in the presence of something supernatural and unnatural fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there is going to be a large group of you that are going to be like, I don't know, man, I trust you guys. We, yeah, I find, I do kind of find it interesting. Like we have done the study of this book three times. Mm-hmm. On, we're, on the, we're doing it for the third time on the show. And no one's ever emailed and said, I can't listen to this study of the book. Right. Okay. Because it's just, it, it, it gets, it hits too close to home. But that's the power though of the visual medium, mm-hmm. right? Seeing it visually portrayed does bring it closer to home. That's what Jesus says when the eyes are the window to the soul. Um, and, and that's why the enemy took over Hollywood guys. He knew this too. That's why he took it over. He knew that that's why that's why we tend to excel more as conservatives in the written word area. Or the spoken word area without the visual stimulation, but the intellectual, because without the visual stimulation, we are intellectually peaked and stimulated first. So when we are just reading you the words of nefarious and speaking about them or you're reading them yourself. You understand that absolutely the worldview that he is depicting here this character I created is depicting is a real demonic worldview but your your the full onslaught of your senses are not assaulted because your logic centers are immediately engaged because we're not visually confronting you right and that's the way you like it yes but in this in this in this forum you are visually confronted and this is this is this is why we have more freedom and we're losing that now, by the way, take it from someone who's written a few books recently. We're losing that too. But this is why we have more freedom to write words like nefarious than make movies like nefarious. Because there is far more censorship of getting a movie Mm -hmm. like this made than a book like this written and published. Okay. Because the enemy knows the power of the visual presentation. But when I have been telling you for the last few months leading up to this moment now, that our goal was to use the enemy's game plan against him. This is what they have done against us in Hollywood for 80 years is they have produced things on a routine basis that the logic centers of our brain knew were anathema to what we believed, but those, those other centers of the brain that are visually stimulated allowed it in anyway, because of the stimulation we're trying to reverse that premise in order to now get our worldview into them. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Paul Blair pastor in Edmond, Oklahoma, head of the Black Road Regiment. Listen to what he wrote me this morning. I grabbed a pen and pad to jot down my comments as I was watching Nefarious, meaning that so many things come to mind as you watch this movie. I I need to write them down, okay? That is one of the most common reactions I get when people see the film for the first time. I need to see this again because it's clear there were things I missed. Yes, there's a lot going on here. It's very layered. He writes gripping, captivating. Notice the first thing. Now, if you guys have ever heard Paul on our show, I'm, I think there's a few of you in our audience even know him. This is a man's man, okay? Played in the NFL, guy, guys. And in the era when you could hurt people for money, not the era we live in now, where if you hurt someone, you get fined money, <laughs> okay? <laughs> the John Facenda era, all right? Where it was, I ain't got time to bleed. That was the era he played. All right. But listen to what he started with here in the review that he wrote me. Hollywood quality cinematography. See what? He's talking about the quality of the craftsmanship. Hollywood quality cinematography, lighting, and editing. Professional <laughs> level writing. It was like the exorcist had a baby with the screw tape letters. And the close ups of Nefarious reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker. Well done. <laughs> he just compared our film. To the most successful horror film in the entire history of motion picture cinema, The Exorcist. And one of like the 25 most uh, successful films of any genre ever. And what is considered one of the greatest acting performances in the history of American cinema, Heath Ledger and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. I love the fact that he started with the craftsmanship because that's what this is. The reason we haven't done a, a, we, now we've gotten much better the last few years. And frankly, the guys that I'm working with on this film are one of the reasons why. And it's kind of funny. You're now watching the other side struggle to make good entertainment because now they're the, now they're the zealots. They're the ones, you know what was, you, you want to know what my favorite scene in Jesus revolution was. I love Jesus revolution. I would highly recommend it. My favorite scene is when they dropped the LSD from the crop duster. And you watch Greg Laurie take drugs. Why? Because later in that film, when you see what Christ does in Greg Laurie's life, it's going to mean that ain't going to be a cheesy conversion scene now, is it? It's you saw you now know the stakes that we're playing for here. We're showing you how serious this transaction is. So now it's not like, let's make it really nice. And then at the end, when it comes to you, are like, why did I ever come to Jesus if everything was already so nice? Not- I had a minor emotional difficulty. No, the guy doesn't know his dad. His mom's a drunk. He um, he has no aim, no purpose. And he's literally at a free love sleep with whoever you want. Concerts uh, taking uh, substances that fall from the sky that he doesn't even know what they are. You're in a pretty broken place, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. So later, when you see the great physician heal that, it means something. You don't cringe when you watch Greg get converted. You cheer. Because you did like the spiritual version of the Rocky montage training montage. You know what I'm saying? You saw it. You saw Rocky fail. You saw him fall. You saw him take a punch. You saw him lose. So that later, when you see him win, it matters now, doesn't it? Yes. See, they're the ones that won't tell these stories now on the other side. They're the ones like, okay, we got to get the trans guy, the gay guy, and this person's got to hate his mom. You know what I mean? They're checking boxes, and they're struggling to tell good stories now. There is an opening for us to fill that void. If we let go of the idea that we have to check boxes to make everybody feel good and just tell the best story that we can, because within us is the greatest story ever told, and just let it come out on its own. So I love the fact that Paul started with the craftsmanship of the film and not its worldview. It has to be a good film, not a good worldview, a good film. How many emails have I gotten over the years from people telling me I get more Bible on your show than I do at my church? We don't sit around here plotting out how we're going to do that, guys. We've never done that. Even when we did, even when we actually did an actual Bible study, the one time we did it on theology Thursday, we didn't actually sit down amongst the three of us and break down how we were going to do it. We just started, we just did the best show we could do. And it just happened to be about that subject matter. See my point? Yeah. That's a very important distinction. Wow, the most powerful condemnation of the brutish, of the brutal, selfish truth of abortion that I've ever seen. That's the closest thing I'm going to tell you about a spoiler. I'm not going to give you anything else. Much of the rest of what he gets into about the worldview of the film would be a spoiler. I won't do that, but I wanted you to hear that. On another, on another part of the spirit of the age that we destroy, he says, Unexpected sucker punch revealing the hypocrisy.
3: That I know he's talking about my favorite scene in the movie. He's got to be.
2: Yes. On another one, he says, brilliant way of presenting this information. I don't want to say too much more about what he sent me because it would give you spoilers and I don't want to do this because I want you to, the, the, the movie will impact you when you see it yourself. Overall, he says, I thought the movie was outstanding. And if the goal was to leave the viewer stunned and slightly confused, then you succeeded as a preacher. I would end it exactly as you did. When you see the movie, you'll know what that means. Meaning we didn't wrap it up for you nicely. We don't need to wrap it up for you. It's not the sick, or it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. Why, why do the people that, that have access to the ultimate answers of the universe feel like we, we have to have everything wrapped up for us? You already know how it ends. It's those that don't. They're the ones that need to be jarred into contemplating it will end. It will end. Your life will end. Do you have the right answers when it does? And this film will beg that that conversation. You bet. Again, there's a few other things that Pastor Paul puts in here I don't want to mention because they would spoil the film. But that's from a guy that has been on the front lines man for decades and now late in his ministry he's trying to equip other ministers to get on the front lines and the next generation and that's his review so this is the movie we have said for years why can't our people make movies like this we did it we made the movie you said you wanted now we need you to do your part, frankly. Uh, now we need you to take your neighbors and your family members to see this. And we are presenting, um, we're, uh, wait to see the new trailer tomorrow. Oh boy. Wow. We're making it easy for you, guys. The level of marketing, the level of production here, we're making it real easy for you. And now you guys need to trust that we did the thing. We, we did what you wanted us to do. And I wanted to thank Pastor Ball for that outstanding review. And there's a lot more in here. Again, I don't want to share because it'll spoil the movie. But um, I, I can't wait. We're going to have our first test screening in Troy, Michigan on Saturday. I'm going to be there. My wife and I will both be there. I will do a live recorded Q&A after the movie. It'll be the first time and what I mean by general public, even though a lot of the people there will be activists and ministry leaders we invited. But it'll be the first time we have opened it up beyond a small or select group of people. This will be the largest crowd to have ever seen the film yet. I mean, it's going to be well over 200 people are going to see this movie on Saturday. So I, I can't wait to sit in that theater and get that reaction. I can't wait. You guys have any thoughts before we get out of here?
3: The the availability of this movie to me is a go to Nineveh moment for the church. Uh, You you have all your ideas, Jonah. You have all your plans. Look look where they've gotten you. Trust in the ways of the Lord. Trust that his ways are better than your ways. I still... The genre, whatever horror, suspense, whatever you want to call it. The... the I've never, my wife, and seeing her testimony, and when, after we watched it at your place, and what she told you, she said, I thought my biggest challenge would be needing to get up and go out because I was so uncomfortable. She said my biggest challenge was not talking and asking you guys questions during the movie because mm-hmm. uh, because it was so interesting. And it's so provoking. And I know my yeah. wife as anybody else. And if it, she doesn't want to go to this genre of movie broadly, but... It it because it is it, it's turning on your head. Th- th- this is a deeply Christian movie. It 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 worked on her in a in a way that she said was undeniable and that
2: that should be where you let your heart go to. All right, we're going to let our hearts go to you when we come back and buy, sell, or hold. One of our most fun times of the week. Looking forward to it, and then the profit of woe and lamentation as we get going with Hour 2 next. hour two live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, me, we and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find me at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace there. Got to have the real. Apparently, there's other Steve Daces there. They won't let me have those names, so we had to go with at real Steve Dace. So some of you are like, oh, I find you on True Social all the time. You've never posted there. That's not my account. So someone else has that, and then they wouldn't give me my name. So all the best people. It is. I. I am. I. I do take it. My ego is very reinforced by the fact that I, have, I have sycophants galore who hate my guts. So I like it. All right, so at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social is where you can find us as well. Don't forget as well, if you love the podcast version of the show, thank you so much. Um, You're a big part of our audience, maybe the biggest part. So uh, if you've yet to do this, uh, please hit subscribe or follow. Leave us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. You maybe heard me read another note yesterday from another satisfied customer with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier for whole home protection. They have brought back the buy one or buy however many you get or you want. You get that many for free. You want one, you get another one for free. You want two, you get two for free. You want three? You get three for free. They brought that back right now. Now is the time to order Eden Pure's Thunderstorm Air Purifier. Find out why they have hundreds of thousands of units sold, uh, countless five-star reviews. Filterless, you'll never have to repair the filters uh, either as an expense or with your time. All right, just go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code Steve. Free shipping too. Free shipping too. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. And as many as you choose to buy is as many as you'll also get in addition to that for free. Uh, EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Steve. Shipping is free. Let's get to buy. Seller hold. Aaron, with a little help, if not a lot, from his friends, you in the audience. Todd, they have prepared for you and I a series of things, topics and suggestions and lists they want you and I to comment on. We will either buy it, we will sell it. Um, if, however, at any point in time, Did you guys uh, see Anderson Cooper say that uh, he thinks last night that he thought Tucker Carlson would have wet his pants if he was out there outside while January 6th was going on? One of the most ridiculous flexes I've ever heard. A guy who literally orders off the Bottoms menu has thoughts on masculinity. There it is. Nice. Uh, The the rear admiral of the Charge in the Light and Loafers Brigade has thoughts on courage. Okay. Um, So in honor of Anderson Cooper, if, if, you use the hold at all. You have to find out what Wets Anderson Cooper's pants. And that will not be happening. Oh, man. That might be the most difficult and disgusting challenge that we have offered on a hold yet on this show. It's up there for sure. For sure.
3: You are about to see that I can buy or sell (laughs) anything. Anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anything. All right. We'll get through as many of these as we can. Whatever we can't get through will be in today's overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Go there now to subscribe so you don't miss it. And get your Blaze subscription for just $10 a month. And make sure you don't ever get big teched. No censorship there. And lots of exclusive content as well. BlazeTV.com slash Dace.
1: We will begin with "Live Free or Die." Who says Dark Side's fiftieth uh, anniversary? Buy, sell, or hold. Top five list of Pink Floyd song titles that best describe what progressivism has wrought on America. Number five: "Dogs of War." I like it. Number four: "Us and Them." That's definitely true, for sure. Number three: "Sheep." Oh my goodness! Yeah. Too comfortably numb.
2: I I I would. I only hesitate first of all it's one of the greatest songs ever it is their greatest song in my view but i think we have done a lot of this comprehensively across the american pantheon of worldviews todd i don't think that that is that has uniquely but i'll buy i'll buy
1: and number one welcome to the machine absolutely yeah wholesale buying this list todd yeah
3: yeah well you're saying basically like that it's the GOP, etc., is guilty. Is that what you're saying? Beyond I'm just the saying, I'm, I'm World saying News, literally
2: it's... everything in our everything in our culture, including much of what gets preached from our pulpits, yeah. creates comfortably numb. Yes, agreed. I do. I, I do think the other songs have uniquely. And I, I, I wouldn't even call it progressivism anymore at this point. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I have my issues with progressivism. Naomi Wolf probably views herself as a progressive. Russell Brand probably views himself as a progressive. You know what I'm saying? I, I, to me, at this point, you're just dealing with a demonic spirit of the age. And I think that that absolutely creates everything on that list. Well, but I think everything in our culture makes us comfortably numb. I don't that's the one I think I don't think is just unique to the spirit of the age. people
3: like Naomi Wolf are dealing with the term progressive like we are dealing with the term conservative like what yes what the hell is it yes
1: yeah fair fair next up we go to Alex Kochman who says liberalism itself was the original controlled opposition it was always demonic chaos or traditional conservatism or Christian revival with no in-between liberalism was a foil It always claimed to offer the fruit of God's kingdom without the root, but never could.
2: That's a really smart take, Alex. It's a really smart take. And can I go back to the first proposition very quickly? I'll throw another Pink Floyd song title in. That's why I go back to what I said last hour. Everything that he put in that very first proposition is why when I look at America, I say, I wish you were here. I just I just view myself as a person who lives now here, you know. And the country that I belong to is largely all but gone or um, is, a, is a vapor on the wind. But back to this one. I think that, that that is a very smart take. Because the old argument, the old culture war worldview argument was, how much autonomy do I have? That's why we were looked at as the prudes. We were looked at as the funny daddies. We were looked at the people. We were looked at as the ones restricting people, because the old argument was, "Can I do whatever I want, provided it doesn't hurt another, a child or adult?" That was the liberal argument, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that I have, that I have full fledged. I can get my full fledged maki desod on if I want, provided the people that are consenting to being desodded. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and we came along and said, "Well, actually, there's." Your conscience is governed, in whose image you were made. You are not your own, okay? You you're not an accident. You were made with a purpose. There's a reason you're here, and the manufacturer always called always gets dibs, right? That was that was the that was the culture war argument, right? Mm-hmm. It was for essentially the post the boomer era post counterculture argument. The root of it of the whole culture war in America. Was that question? What's happened now is we are now we went from arguing whether what the extent of your agency and autonomy was to whether you have any agency or autonomy at all. And this is what this is what has us arguing alongside people like Bill Maher and Russell Brand that we were arguing against when we first got into this business Mm -hmm. because the argument was what restricts our conscience? Mar would say, if I'm not hurting another person, nothing, right? Mm -hmm. We would say, eh, that's not true. Okay. Well, now we're arguing, do I have any conscience at all? Am I an individual at all? And I would, and, and from a Christian worldview, Our friend Oran McIntyre, our latest addition here to Blaze TV, likes to point out that basically every argument the 1980s era religious right ever made was correct and turned out to be correct. This is that's what I think. Is it Alex Aaron? Is that who it is? Uh, Yeah, Alex Cookman. This is what I think Alex is touching on. All the slippery slope arguments. We said, hey, if we go down the road of unfettered conscience, it's not going to be freeing. It'll be There'll be carnage and then a new authority will step in and say, well, because it's gone too far, we're now in control. That's the Orwellian model, right? Okay. At least with God, you get grace and justice. You get empathy or mercy and accountability. With this, there's no empathy anymore. There's no mercy anymore. There's no grace anymore. And you're never good enough. You can, it's never enough, never. And if that's what you're saying, Alex, that this was a demonic ruse and canard all along to get us to this stage of devolution, I completely agree. So I'll buy.
3: I I think this is fascinating. I'd want to talk in depth about exactly what he means by liberal, because you definitely have to, if you're like, You have to go way, way, way beyond being just a child of the 80s like Steve and I are, and we have a certain mindset about what that means. But go back to like Renaissance thinking, a a liberal mindset, a more expansive mindset of all things uh, under the earth, under God. Now, if it's always under God, uh, you're anchored. You still may make mistakes, but like in a, when philosophy from the empiricists to the rationalists, it's a it's a fascinating uh, journey. When you go from uh, Descartes, I think therefore I mm-hmm. am, uh, to and, I and, emote, therefore I am, well, you have you have reason uh, showing it, there was it was under God. He was a mathematician, he was a Christian, he was thinking through things, and while he, he, he through threw the gift of reason, and starting to use that in a way, and not just, um, not just blindly accepting things on faith, but actually doing what is, it's a reason, is a gift God gave us. Descartes and others very quickly came to the solution that there are many things using our reason we can't remotely become serious about, but the things of God are some of the things we can be the most. And then very quickly, and this used to depress me, you get to Hume in about a hundred-ish years' time, and Hume's just like, with reason, you can hardly be certain. He's even certain of less. That used to depress me. And quickly after Hume, Hume is often used as, that's why we should, God is farcical. Should have gone in the opposite direction. If reason can hardly help you be certain of anything, why aren't you going with God? We, we made the exact opposite choice using philosophy, and that's the, that's a crucial distinction about what, with liberalism. If, if if liberalism is an expansive mind, a scientific mind, a way, test, measure mind, under God, genuinely seeking for truth wherever it leads, that's a, a mode of liberalism that I think is healthy. As soon as it convinces you that you're too smart by half that that reason in all of its unknowing and you just follow it through time reason keeps telling you we can hardly really know anything mm-hmm that let me reflect we can hardly know anything within the spheres that reason was never designed to go and even more than that those philosophers are telling you we can't be sure of our own existence does that remind you of anything right now what's a woman We've been on this road for a very, very long time. And the people got it right were guys like named Isaac Newton. Pretty smart guy, right? Man of faith. A lot of things, oh, modern day medicine. Penicillin, Gregor Mendel. So, um, we need to get much better at this thing called reason. Liberalism is a, it's just meant to be a method. It's not meant to be a religion. People have turned it into a cult. Mm -hmm.
2: That's really well said.
1: Both of you. Next. Steven Skinner says, the Dace Dace crew should give up uh, these items for Lent. Steve, NCAA basketball and March Madness. Todd, Vinegar and Bonner private wines. Aaron Barbecue and Anna TikTok videos. For the love of God, make the pain stop.
2: Agree on Anastasia. I'll buy that one. I have given
3: up on a private line before for Lent.
1: Oh, okay, that answers that. I there haven't really uh, been barbecuing that much, so yeah, not not a huge uh, not a huge deal. Jim says this year's college basketball national champion won't won't be ranked in the top twenty in offense and defense on Ken Pomeroy. I'll
2: sell. So, for those of you that don't know, Ken Pomeroy is a college basketball analytics site. Debuted in 2002. Since its debut, every team that won the NSA tournament except one uh, was in the top 25 of both its offensive and defensive efficiency ratings. The only team that didn't do it, you guys remember the year that uh, UConn, not the year that they had to win the Big East to get in and then win the tournament, but the Shabazz Napier year that Kevin Ollie was the coach. That's the one time that a team that was not top 25 in both offensive and defensive efficiency And Ken Pomeroy's ratings won the tournament. So since that's happened one time in 23 years, just on the trend alone, I will sell.
3: I'll buy.
1: Next. Excuse me. Next, we will go to Brian Johnson, who says Top Gun Maverick should win the Oscar for Best Picture.
2: I'd be totally fine with it. Totally fine with it. It's not the best movie that I saw, but it's among the five best movies I saw last year, so I'd be totally fine with it. I'll buy
3: I have n- not seen so many movies, but just on my memory of Steve's list alone and what I've seen people talk about elsewhere about this, uh, the what the World War One movie, was it one? Uh, uh, I haven't seen it yet. That All was Quiet no- on the Western yeah. Front
2: is the best movie yeah. that I saw last year. And frankly, I didn't think there was even a close competitor.
3: I mean, I, there's no, re- I mean, I'm not denigrating by, th- I, I think there's probably more Oscar
2: Level movies, but here let me say that we need to be a country where Top Gun Maverick oh, yeah, can win Best Picture. I'm not again. talking that absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We, we, because we because we can make all quiet on the Western Front in any era. I think what made people okay. so excited about Maverick is there th- those those are the movies they used to make for us. They don't make those movies for well, us and anymore. that's
3: really why I'm actually not just. Ju- I want it's Tom Cruise is just like bulletproof. Uh, we we need other people to make great movies again. And we need to want to... Ra- I, I genuinely miss, and we're going back a long time now, but I genuinely miss when the Oscars mattered, that I that I cared. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, because of everything you just talked about, you know this, the, the challenge of making a movie, you have an idea. Carrying that to execution, mm-hmm. the, making it quality. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea... Great. A lot of people have great ideas. Can you execute that in that form? Mm-hmm. We, we, it's just trash out there. And we need this level of quality to help save our culture. Mm-hmm.
1: Next, we go to Joe Stets, who says the winning run in the 2023 World Series will score on a pitch timer violation. <laughs>
2: Gosh. Now you're just trying to trigger Todd. Um, did it? But, and did it work? I'm just
3: hearing all kinds of anecdotal evidence that
2: the game is absolutely flying by now i mean aren't we seeing spring training games like college basketball games now they're like two hours somebody yesterday Uh, recorded
3: a strikeout in like i think it said 20 seconds all
2: right don't hate me okay i'm i'm asking Mm -hmm. why is that bad Oh no, no. I, I'm asking I'm, just asking. I've, it's not I've bad. heard
1: the people are actually in the stadium are are counting down the pitch clock or whatever Yeah. like why a is shot it bad? clock in basketball. I'm asking,
2: why is it bad? We, we we put we we didn't you know, Dean Smith figured out how to run the four corners. We we had to put the shot clock in college basketball, literally just because mm-hmm. of Dean Smith. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the sport better to watch with a shot clock than without? Yeah, it is. I, so what why is it com- bad? I'm not com- I'm complaining about it. I'm with it. you on I'm all the robot umpires and all that other stuff. I'm with yeah. you on all that other stuff, okay? Yeah. But if we can do some things to say you don't have to scratch your sack this many times, okay? Because, we, you know, people have phones and they're distracted. We have to be reasonable about the culture yeah. and time yeah. in which we live and keep the yeah. pace moving here. Yeah, no, Why I'm, is that
3: bad? It's not. I'm okay. not ag- I'm
2: not against it. Okay. I, I,
3: I think when, when that—it just happened, what, a couple of weeks ago where right at the end of a game, the last strike was on one of these— And I said, it's this level... The fact that this level of babysitting is required Mm -hmm. is my problem with sports writ large. You got... In baseball in particular, baseball is famous for its uh, unwritten rules. Mm -hmm. Your unwritten rules got us here, guys. Your unwritten rules are supposed to be... You you guys governing the game because they're deeply embedded principles of how things are done. Mm -hmm. The way things are done is you guys you know just grinding this game to a halt and it's the same thing that now the unwritten rules of football are like well the money there's just too much money we got to follow the money whatever the money said there's there's all kind it's it this is every sport is going to leave this level of the the old school nun coming into your kindergarten class and wrapping your na- it should <laughs> it's insane that an umpire has got to do this right. to grown men. Yep. Get in there and pitch. Get in there and hit. But it does because we've ruined all the nice things.
2: That's a great point. I like that point a lot. Uh, next, we go to Jim McNell. You're a lot better at this, dude. When you're not sick. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing. You're, you're hit You're hammering it today. You're nailing it. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, Jim Bicknell says, Chip Roy is the best fighter for freedom in Washington, House or Senate?
2: Hi. I mean, I'm, the I'm, I'm, I'm biased. The volume of times when he's
1: just burning the place down. Yeah,
2: I'm yeah. biased, man. So everybody just needs to know. He's one of my best buddies. So I am, I'm going to buy. You bet. I love him.
1: Yep. We have a top 10 list. This comes from Tiny Johnny. 10 ways in which drag queens and congressmen are similar oh, right no. after oh, we just played Chip <laughs> <shit, No>, Roy. <laughs> just
2: even saying that. No. Okay. Number
1: 10, they don't care about the future of children or harming uh, them.
2: Oh, right. my goodness. Number nine. Can we stop the list right there,
1: maybe? <laughs> Number nine, they wear clothing to present a false image. <laughs> oh, my. Of who oh, they this, really this are.
2: Is, this is really hurting now. <laughs> We're only two into this.
1: Number eight, they have no shame.
4: Bye. Oh,
1: my. Number seven, they like to put their shows on in public. Oh, by, Number six, they groom people in such a way as to make them believe they have good intentions. Bye. This is,
2: this is a, this, this Check hurts. out this
1: one. You'll like this one. Number five, they both claim Lindsey Graham as a mutual friend. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, they hate God. Bye. Ooh. Number three, they are only here to pleasure themselves. Bye. Number two, they hate it when people try to stop them. Bye. Number one, they aren't real men. Oh Bye.
2: gosh, that's. Is that the most painful list in the history of this entire segment since Mike we started Chop, doing Tiny it? Mike Drop Tiny Johnny, Mike Drop. Yeah, well, that that was that was hard to hear, man. Oh gosh, and and that's why I got to buy the whole thing. That one was hard.
1: Sean Griffiths says this: Our country is so divided that 25% of the country would be totally cool with another 25% being rounded up for whatever crisis or issue they're convinced all of all, uh, uh, convinced of. All the while, at least uh, 50% or the last 50% would stand by and watch.
3: I agree. Uh, I, I yeah, agree with this. I buy it, I, the, Certainly we, on the principle.
2: Yeah, we could d- debate the ratios, but you know, um, if you give me a choice between, I mean, I, I if if you want to poison yourself with the jab, I'm I, I wouldn't get in your way. But we're never presented that option, right? So the option is I I get to poison you with it. Well, in that case, then I'm all for rounding you up. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If you are willing to leave me alone then yeah. I'm willing to wait until you have mrna your way yeah. into a for sale sign in yeah. your yard because your casket's coming through the front door, okay? yeah, But we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. That, see, that was America. Yeah. That was the country, yeah. okay? That country doesn't exist anymore. This country does. Yeah. You said it was the Hunger Games. Yeah. Okay, well, All right. I plan on coming out alive. If it's the Hunger Games, I like it better when I win yeah. than when you do because only one of us is coming out. Yeah. Here, there's only one winner, right? So if, it, if that's what it is... Okay? If that's what it is, it, and I, I want the record to show, how many shows did I do 2015, 2016, 2017, and the 2018? Don't make this a zero-sum game. Can I become a zero-sum game? Yeah. I can't get that. If it gets to zero-sum game, we're toast. We're done. Right? How many, how many times did I just plead, yeah. beg, pray? Yes. Whatever we could do to not get to this, and it is, I can't...
1: And then Julie said what, sweat neck.
2: Yes. I, I, I can't <laughs> ignore the reality in front of me because then I become the problem in and of myself. Mm-hmm. And so this is not what I want. By any stretch of the imagination. But I don't have control over it and it is where it is. So if the game now is I round you up before you round me up, then I prefer rounding you up. So I'd be in the 25% of rounding you up. Yeah. I mean, I'd much rather be in the leave me the hell alone and I'll leave you alone. But that country doesn't exist anymore. Correct. Yeah.
1: Tyler Slosher says the vaccine issue is so bad and has so many people pissed, especially since Trump will not apologize and admit any wrongdoing, that if he wins out and faced Kennedy, RFK Jr., in a general, many patriots would actually vote for Kennedy over Trump because of that one issue.
2: I, I think it would be, I, I think, folks, whatever you think they were willing to do to stop Trump, What they would be willing to do to stop RFK Jr. from becoming the Democratic nominee. That's at least the baseline. I mean, hell, they they killed his brothers. I mean, I I think what they would be willing, especially. Especially because of the credibility he has built over the last few years, especially. All right. Because I don't know if this is true, but the fact you could even suggest this without getting laughed off of, off, off of blaze TV that we're going to even ponder it demonstrates the level of credibility comprehensively that guy's built over the last few years. <laughs> it should be, wait a minute. He's going to run on like all of our progressive policies, but because he's actually honest and not a crook, some of you would actually vote for him. We should nominate that guy. That, that's the way it should work. Right. That's the way it should work. Correct. Mm-hmm. It, that's not the way that it works because he actually believes in those policies and therefore is going to be honest and treat people well and respect them. Um, they're not for that. <laughs> they're for power. And we have power over you. Because he's actually pro-choice on multiple different fronts. Yeah. And not pro-force. If whatever you think they were willing to do, and we, we, we saw them do a lot. I mean, they killed his brothers. They would, they would, they would do, I can't even hashtag RFK Jr. didn't kill himself. My goodness. I think they'd rather have Trump president again than RFK Jr. as the Democrat nominee. I think it man, I think dude, that's a buy seller hold that I think would at least be debated. Well, average turn- average 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 progressive, av- average left-wing activist would prefer RFK Jr. as nominee. Or Donald Trump as president of the United States. Now that's a bias seller hole that'll make your well, freaking head explode. You turn this into an
3: entirely different question, mm-hmm. which I understand. Just, if it gets to this point, though, I, I, this is my quibble with Shannon Joy in the past. <laughs> More people's minds have been opened on this. Not enough. There's there's no way the, these patriots you're talking about are ultimately at the end of, with a broad spectrum of issues that they're choosing Kennedy. Even if they're pissed about the vaccine, no, they're not choosing Kennedy over Trump.
1: Next, we go to when howitzers fly, Mount Rushmore of DeSantis gubernatorial actions to date, firing back at Disney, vaccine grand jury probe, making smut illegal in school libraries, and banning critical racist theory in Florida public schools.
2: you know what all those things have in common? They're, they're preceded by action verbs.
1: Wait, wait, they, he he persuaded a bunch of people though, right? No, He he, went to all the teachers and persuaded them. No, he just,
2: he just exercised power. Oh, oh, okay. Just exercised power. Okay. I find that fascinating. Exercised power in every single one of those instances brought power to bear against forces of darkness, against every single one of them. I've never seen anything like that. I have never seen anything like that. Now, in fairness, until the last few years, I'm not sure we needed stuff like this. In fact, in the, it, five years ago, I might, I might have given a Mike Pence answer and said, are we sure we want to set these precedents? Because it ain't going to be any fun when the rabbit's got the gun. Same conversation we were just having about the rounding up, mm-hmm. right? Don't let it become a zero-sum game. Same thing. Are we sure we want to use this kind of power and set the precedent that we're for it now? Well, if the social compact is broken now, and you will come to me you will you will attempt to take my kids you will attempt to affirmatively and positively impose your will on me then yes if that's where we are and i believe we are there i think all, both of you do too mm-hmm. then 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 now then now we're not we're not asking for presidents now in the traditional sense of the term you're asking for generals And that's a that's a battle plan. I mean, that, that's what that was. That's what was just laid mm-hmm. out there. That that's a battle plan. I'll take it. I'll buy.
3: I am going to sell only for this because I agree with everything you said. I, I I would want on there because this is really important. It pertains to what we talked about yesterday when we were talking about how you communicate and tone conversations. Mm-hmm. Who we were talking about yesterday? Russell Brand and who else were we talking about? About as the example that was more- Chris, hard, Chris the Rock and Chris Rock, Rock. Of course, yeah. that was for the our, overtime. This this Ron DeSantis is in that camp. The fact when then he does these things, and then he's come out and questioned, and he'll 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 talk in detail as much as you want to, but if you step to him with that Heilman level of stupid, he smacks you around. This is really really important. People need to be emboldened. They don't need to think like, oh, I just have to have my all my ducks in a row here and be perfect and say just the right thing. no. You got to smack those people around. And he goes out there and he's good at it and he enjoys it. It's outstanding. Examples must be made. Yes.
2: Yes. The prophet of woe and lamentation will join us next. All right, back here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Let's welcome him in. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, the one and only Daniel Horowitz, my co-author for Rise of the Fourth Reich. Still out, by the way, if you want to get your copy. We love the reviews. Uh, Daniel has highlighted a lot of good reviews. A lot of you that have suggested, hey, I'm gonna send, a, get another copy of this, send it to my legislator, congressman. We didn't just write it for you. We we really wrote it for you to do that to them, trying to get them on notice. So, thank you to everybody. Um, we are just very honored to see the the see the book made bestseller lists. All the comments we're getting now. You can leave your review at Amazon if you don't mind doing that. And so, Daniel, good to see you, brother. How you been?
4: Hey, great to be with you. And, and Steve, in about 24 to 30 months, this book, I'm telling you, is going to be number one on on Amazon. It will be the number one book. We've learned it takes about two to two and a half years in this uh, very technologically advanced society for the truth to advance. That's the window. So right now we're talking about the Wuhan lab, right? We talked about that about two, two and a half years ago. So uh, we'll get there. We're getting there.
2: I. Was that sarcasm? I can't tell anymore.
4: You can't tell what's a conspiracy and what's uh, <laughs>
2: well, what's reality. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is very true. So let's go to one of your favorite topics. Just because I want to trigger you this morning. Presidential politics. It does seem, and I, I said this on the show Monday, it does seem now that <laughs> events have kind of organically occurred that... This is fully underway now. I thought maybe it would wait a few more months until Governor DeSantis was finished with the Florida legislature. But you had uh, Trump... Uh, in his speech at CPAC um, that drew so much buzz, you've got uh, the governor now is basically using the rollout of his number one best-selling book as kind of a soft open for a presidential campaign. Uh, he's all over the country. He's going to be here uh, in uh, in central Iowa tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to meet him for the uh, for the second time. It's been 10 years, but I'm going to meet him tomorrow while he's here. Um, you have RFK Jr. going to New Hampshire, talking about challenging Joe Biden for the Democratic nomination. So it, it does seem now that this thing is is underway. Agree or disagree?
4: No, absolutely. This thing, for better, for worse, is going to be the top issue oh for another year and a half. So what do you think?
2: What, what do you, not about the candidates, the environment. What's the sure. environment we're in, in your view?
4: Yeah, because if you make me talk about one of the candidates, the two to three year window is not enough. We have to go to about an eight year window um, for some people to catch up with reality. Like now is 2015. Um, Look, Steve, the, the, the reality of what we're going through right now is that we have a fourth Reich. And then right now we have conventional presidential speeches so far among the candidates that have gotten in. Now, there haven't been too many candidates who have gotten in. It's it's Biden, presumably, Nikki Haley, and, um, and, and Trump himself, I guess you can count, Vivek maybe, so that's a fourth. I'm not really seeing the issues of our time being addressed. Oh, they're being addressed in a broad way, but I do think that were DeSantis and RFK to get in, which DeSantis obviously clearly will get in, I do believe that is going to change. And I think to me, if nothing else, what that does is it elevates our issues. Um, I think RFK getting in would be the greatest piece of presidential news in our lifetime. Because typically we're struggling to get in someone who will give our point of view in the Republican primary and the Democrat primary is just crazy. Here, you might potentially have our positions reflected in both on a lot of the major issues that matter. And then obviously, I think, as you rightfully noted with Trump's CPAC speech, it's inevitably going to have to get Trump back on message, at least on all but the issue, but many other important issues, hopefully. So to me, whereas I was dreading the presidential election as a distraction, my hope is it could be a force multiplier to elevate the urgency of so many of our issues to be addressed.
2: We were just discussing this in buy, seller hold, and I think you are uniquely qualified to tackle this one. Buy, seller hold. As much as it hates Trump, corporate media would rather have Donald Trump president again than RFK Jr., Democratic nominee.
4: By You know it was RFK Jr. that was close to convincing Trump to convene a national commission on vaccines, to finally study them from the bottom up, what's the truth, what's false, what works, what doesn't, what's safe, what's not. And Bill Gates takes credit for convincing Trump out of that, and I've, I haven't heard him deny that. So it's kind of ironic, I think, this is a man who was trying to get Trump himself to shake up the system. Because, Steve, you know he was president, by the way. Um, yeah, 2017 to January 2021, he was president, indeed. Uh, he did sound like a new candidate, but he he was there for four years, and I think we all kind of remember it. Um, but he would in, he would be such a threat to the system because what he would do is take that entire Bernie movement. A lot of the people that really mean well and are just upset about corruption and he would actually freaking mean it, unlike Bernie, who's the chief uh, you know, spokesman for Pfizer. He's may as well be one. I think he is extremely dangerous because I think there is an element of Democrat voters who could be activated towards this. Um, man, this guy would be a disruptor of everything that matters. You know, we could talk about guns and abortion and taxes, but that's not really what threatens the bad guys. It's the issues RFK focuses on.
2: Hmm. Are you saying, going back to Trump, are you saying that you found his speech that he gave at CPAC, which was a whale of a speech? I mean, I, that yep. that is one of the best speeches that's ever been given at CPAC. I mean, it might be the best speech that has been given there since Russia's address back in 2008 after the uh, or heading into that election cycle that gave us Obama, if you remember that one. I think that was oh was wasn't it? I think that was Russia in 08. Um, Indeed. So... Are you saying that you found a lot of things in his speech that were at odds with how he actually governed as president?
4: You know, look, I mean, if he were a new candidate coming along, I think we would have all been jazzed by that speech. And I think he wants us to imagine him as a new candidate. But it's it's kind of peculiar. He said, I will be your retribution. Well, I mean, you and I have been talking a lot about that retribution mm-hmm. with the news sitting there next to you, yes. and we really want yes. that. Right, but but then it's hard to wrap our arms around the fact that that Steve, like, this wasn't in the in the waning few days. I mean, this was in the entire last year of his administration. Every last policy and personnel that we are trying to hold accountable for retribution was established by Trump. And, and, and not like, again, like you're talking about people like Christopher
2: Ray, people like this, or Anthony Fauci. It, people, You're talking about people like exactly.
4: that. Exactly. And it wasn't kind of a spur of the moment a, moment, a mistake, you know, a week, two weeks. It was month after month, and we begged and begged and begged and begged. I mean, I'd encourage everyone to Google, uh, you know, President Trump political appointees, political appointees. So you could see the list of political appointees, starting with the 16 or so cabinet positions, and then under that, uh, deputy assistant secretaries. Objectively, count how many of them are MAGA. I mean, I think you could find Russ Vogt, a uh, OMB director, mm-hmm. who is more, more of one of the more low key ones in the, in the media. Uh, you'll have Wilbur Ross, the commerce secretary, and then, I guess, Peter Navarro, who has been mm-hmm. thrown under the bus by a big part of the MAGA crowd now. So I'm not really sure I could find them, Steve. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about the leftovers from the previous administration or maybe even the new decisions. But the second round, you know, Esper at, at DOD. I mean, these type of people, globalists, neocon, I mean, what are all the rhetorical names he used? I mean, dude, we we did this. We did this on crime. We did this on illegal immigration. Uh, it, it's really hard to move beyond that. And I think without him bridging that divide and showing, hey, like, here's where I think it went wrong. Here's where we have better personnel and policy in place. But I don't see those visionaries around him. I mean, it's a bunch of young, loose cannons, plus Lindsey Graham. I, I, I just don't understand how he should be treated like any other candidate. I mean, there's we know everything there is to know about him. What is this retribution? Now, I think maybe with regard to election law and the 2020 election, because that's personal to him, I think that's somewhere where maybe he'll come out very strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us did try to push reforms to the Motor Voter Act when they had control of all three branches, and there wasn't much of an appetite for that uh, before it became personal. I I mean, I'm not sure, Steve. I I really want to look at him in the most favorable sense, because I think you and I need as many candidates as we can. Correct. Vying for our support, vying for our issues. And I don't want DeSantis to march in there. I want someone dragging him to the top of his game. We all want that. But I'm not understanding how I should just ignore everything. Like, the Koch brothers, right? He talks about the Kochs in the source. Brooke Rollins, who is the individual that got him bad on immigration, bad on crime, and got him to stand down on the riots. He talks a lot about that, BLM now, but I mean, he let that go on for a month. She's still the head of the America First uh, think tank. That's his think tank. I'm, I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to think about that.
2: Let's talk about the biggest story of this week the unveiling of the January 6th footage, some of those 14,000 hours that had been previously concealed from us. Kevin McCarthy, who has, who, has, who has delivered on some things after getting a threat to his speakership. There's a lesson there. It's not about access. It's about leverage. Okay, I talked about that earlier. So he gives that footage to Tucker Carlson. He spent the last couple of nights unveiling it. Uh, definitely some things that fundamentally go against the narrative on the January 6th front that we have been given uh, comprehensively your thoughts overall on the impact of what's transpired here this week
4: so steve i'm trying to pull this up here to get the exact date because what did i tell you we're about 24 to 30 months behind everything Mm -hmm. um you know what was it january 20th or so january 20th, 2021 i did an episode that this was the reichstag moment Okay, in other words, that this was orchestrated. It was abundantly clear then. People like you and us learn nothing from those videos because each one of those aspects—the uh, the Ray Epps aspect, the fact that these people were led in and there was no problem—it almost looked like it was almost like a like a tour of the Capitol initially. Um, the fact that the police brutality was orchestrated and spawned the the violence that that legitimately did occur. Um, and the fact that um, the only people killed that day from direct action with the protests were protesters, not just uh, Ashley Babbitt, but um, but Roseanne Boyland and really two others as well from the gassing in that tunnel. We, we knew all of this. We knew it for two years. And this is the frustrating thing that every single civilization change, it takes about two years to get the Republicans oriented. And even then you have the McConnell wing still bad and the better guys are kind of like trying to score points but not directing this towards a policy outcome. So therefore, what do we need? All these things, all the prosecutions need to be defunded. That's, That's clear. We need legislation that anyone who is politically persecuted could assert that if they're accused of a crime in DC and they get judged by a jury of their peers outside of washington i don't know why there's not a bill on that yet uh we need the republican governors to get together and say they're going to work with law enforcement to block fbi raids they're they're pushing another thousand of these um indictments people that weren't even in the capitol Mm -hmm. uh coming down the pipeline a federal judge just retired or announced his retirement because of that he said i'm not dealing with this anymore um it demonstrates also moreover how the judicial system is corrupt as hell Mm-hmm. That it is the Fourth Reich. Um, you cannot get justice. In fact, as these guys were beaten in prison, pre-trial held indefinitely, all evidentiary standards, all legal norms were thrown out out the window. And by the way, these videos I could tell you were shown. They were shown in the trial, um, in Richard Barnett's trial, and it didn't matter to the jury, and it didn't matter to the judge. So just so you know, this stuff was shown. I think it does matter to the American people to to see the visual of what we've been saying for so long. But our system is irremediably corrupt. And again, that's another reason why we need national divorce. You cannot be together with people like that. There's actually a story out of New York City that the people that were busting up buildings in New York City during the BLM riots, they just got a $21,500 payout per person because they have a lawsuit asserting that the police did not wear masks while they were arresting them so they got a twenty one thousand five hundred payout it's not the first time by the way they got to pay out the the criminals were the victims but this is the first one i think for masking i mean that's america right there um in, in one headline so steve i mean it just demonstrates that it's not another oh look but the democrats lied the democrats did this it's what the hell we cannot live united as a nation and policy wise, where do we go from here?
2: Hmm. I agree. I mean, that, that, the, the big thing after watching Tucker's report the other night, I thought to myself, how do I, how do you share a country with this? Good to see you, Daniel, as always. Thank you, man. Take care. You bet. All right, gentlemen, got about two minutes left. Your final thoughts.
3: That was more back to normal. That was good old Daniel. There was some more lamentation there and uh, rightly so. Um I just saw happened to see something on uh Twitter where Donald Trump was saying um we we're, we're going to be the best ballot harvesters ever, you know, if you can't beat him join him and we'll do it better and do it legally like um Yeah, this is why Daniel says we can't have we can't have nice things. I I just I love this when symmetries like that come up on this show, things we didn't plan. The stuff daniel's talking about have always have everything to do with the gop incapable unwilling not understanding how to being part of the problem it, it's it, it's never understanding what time it is aaron
1: yeah I, I mean what he's talking about and what he led the <laughs> let the segment off Rise of the Fourth Reich is going to be best, the most popular book on Amazon in about two and a half years. <laughs> that is, that's funny, but that's, that's the reality, guys. It really is. We have so many cowards who wear our jersey, who are afraid to question the narrative when it comes fresh out of the oven. Or hell, for this case, in many cases. So cowardly. And I don't know. I don't think any. I don't think any yeah. uh, lessons were learned, at least with the people who matter. And, and, and when I say people who matter, people who have the ability, the power, the leverage, the platforms to push back. Too many people did not use that, and probably as we as we heard yesterday, a lot of them didn't want to, because they think all of you, even if you weren't at the Capitol that day, you're a bunch of hick hillbilly in, uh, hillbilly insurrectionists beneath contempt we got to have more courage on our side Hmm.
2: John 317 this is Steve Dace
1: on the Blaze Radio Network